Not bitter, just better. The all-new Everton podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. Mr. Johnny Seven here, back again, back from your holidays or whatever you're up to. I wish Mark. I was on holiday. Mark, Mark. Yeah, a bit of a hectic week in work for me last week, so uh, no uh, appearance on the podcast, and I forgot to speak after one week away. I know, you need to keep warmed up, you need to just t- talk shit in general, and then you keep up to date. Well, I do, don't I? But, um, and it's good to see that for the last game of the season, we've actually got a bit more of a professional setup today. Hopefully, yeah, uh, two microphones, a mixing desk, and, uh, well, a load of wires. Yeah, there's lots of wires about. Um, yeah, so we've timed this perfectly just as the season's closing. We've actually got our act together and tried to become a little bit more professional. So hopefully you should hear that in the uh, the quality of the hopefully, sound. Hopefully still uh, inane content, but hopefully a lot better sound than inane content. Just think we'll still get that scary death noise that always pops up on I the podcast. Not. I hope not. Me, and I'm sure everyone else who listens when that laser death ray goes off absolutely shits themselves. There you go. <laughs> we apologise every single time uh, for every single time that's happened. Uh, we we can't foresee it. It doesn't show up in our previews of it. It just uh, appears like it's a just a crazy podcast ghost, isn't it? Yeah. Um, before we go on to talking about what we got to talk about this week and obviously recapping the whole game, um, I missed last week's and missed being able to talk about Liverpool Crystal Palace. So just on that note. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. That's, that, that is my whole commentary on that game. It seems so long ago that I can't even remember if I actually spoke about it. I must have done. I must have spoke about were it. You, were you recording the night it got played? Uh, I was. I recorded on uh, Wednesday night. So no, it was, it was. I was recording when the awards evening was on. That was when the uh, City game was on. So I had ah, the right, City so game on on my iPad. I had the awards on on my telly, and I had my uh, computer in front of me recording the podcast. Right. Okay. Dwight Gale, if you're listening, I doubt you are, but if you are. You and your mate Balassi do. If you ever fancy a pint in Liverpool, give me a shout and I'll pay for your drinks all night. Quality. Yeah. Uh, yeah, really excellent. Excellent stuff there. Uh, right. Okay. So, uh, we've got a bit of a strange show today, haven't we? Because we've got no game to look forward to. So, we're going to have a look back at the whole game to start off with. Look at all the news of the week, of which there has been quite a bit. Have a social media section and then just end with a big fat full stop at the end of it with no preview. <laughs> no, we'll do something. We'll wing something, won't we? Yeah, we've we'll got this to. professional setup. We can't let it go to waste. We'll have a little sing song at the end. It does look like we're on karaoke <laughs> holding these two microphones. I feel alright. Whopper holding this microphone. I must admit. Yeah, right. Yeah, me too. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Uh, so, but we'll start off as we always do, taking a look back at the uh, the game of the week, which was away at Hull. Final game of the season. It was uh, quite a few thousand Evertonians making a trip over to the the northeast coast, um, and the atmosphere looked bouncing. Yeah, as usual. I mean, this was one we were meant to be going with, but just the way work turned out in the end, you know, it was meant to be our uh, our away. You know, we went to Chelsea at the last game of last season with Paul and the since eighteen seventy eight crew, and we were looking forward to this. And just as I say, the way work worked out. We just didn't get to go, did we? And it the problem I had, and it's not for the first time, I shot my load too early. I used all my holidays up early on in the season, going to away games all over the shop, and then didn't have another day off in about five months. You didn't uh, You didn't have to book the Crystal Palace game off, did you? Because I would be gutted if I'd have had that to have The that rearranged night. game? Yeah. 
No, I don't think I did. I came here, didn't I, from you where? You came here I for think. the first one. No, I mean the one that, that actually took place. Which no, I don't think so. Anyway, I digress. Um, so, yeah, we both never got to go to the whole game. Uh, you got to watch it live, though. I've only seen highlights. Yeah, uh, we'll just talk about a little bit about the build-up. The week after I recorded the podcast, uh, first bit of news, I did your Mark Max one to watch. Which is Shane Long. I picked Shane Long as uh, my man to watch. And guess who didn't play? Shane Long. Shane Long didn't Did play. Did his caravan break down on the way to the match? It might have done, yeah. So, uh, oh, that was, that, was, that was very stereotypical, that wasn't it? It was. Uh, a lot of other people, people said uh, maybe we should have picked Jelovic as one to watch, but uh, neither were... You know, took much part in the game anyway. I think we're pretty much the team that they're probably going to start when the FA Cup final this weekend. Apart from Jelovic. No, well, Jelovic can't play in the FA Cup final. No, yeah. Jelovic did play at the weekend. He didn't. He, right, he, he can't play against uh, Arsenal. Um, but as far as our team news went, all week we were hearing that, um, well, actually, the later part of the week, we were hearing that Pienaar could make an appearance. Um, Traore could suddenly make an appearance. Out of nowhere? Out of nowhere, yeah. And we were also hearing, after spending a, only a number of months and 60 minutes on the pitch, uh, Lucina Traore has now got the Everton bug as in, and uh, is in love with Everton Football Club. Have you we heard that? Well, we must have a good treatment room or something. We must we? do, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe the physio's touch is rather delicate. Yeah. And he gives special offers. <laughs> a special finish <laughs> to his massages. A happy ending. Happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also, uh, uh, there was a chance of Darren Gibson coming back as well. I didn't hear that one. Yeah, so, you know, it went from... Uh, the, the, there was a big possibility of um, a, a lot of changes in the team. There were changes. Obviously, Gareth Barry came in at following uh, sitting out the City game. But two changes that we couldn't foresee were uh, Ross Barkley didn't appear at all and neither did John Stones. Yeah, it was an odd one. As soon as I saw the team um, on Sunday, uh, I immediately thought, well, that's the two of them in the England squad because the rumours were that the England squad was getting announced on Monday. But most of the players would know already on, on the Sunday, basically. So I was thinking... Maybe the two of them had had the nod and were just getting, you know, might have thought it, it might have affected the, the mental side of the game a little bit. And they were rested because of that. Well, and it turned out to be sort of the truth. Yeah, we'll talk about that when we get into the news section. Um, but another player who came back in was Sylvan Distan and McGeady had a start as well. So we went with Howard, Coleman, Jags, Distan, Baines, Osman, Barry and McCarthy. Where you say Barry and McCarthy, uh, be ashamed to split them up next season, wouldn't it? It would do, yeah. They, um, they have sort of become synonymous with each other, haven't they? Um, what I can't understand is why did we not rest Sylvan Distan for France's World Cup? <laughs> well, that's something else we'll talk about a little bit later on. Um, to complete the lineup, McGeady got a start, Lukaku and Naismith up front. So uh, we, we, we thought we might have seen Delafeu get a start in what would possibly be his last appearance, possibly. Uh, the bench. It was quite a strange bench because, as I said, uh, Traore and Pina were on the bench. Delafeo uh, De was on the bench. And uh, Tony Hib- Hibbo. Who Tim Cale was championing for a, a winning goal before the game. Yeah. Uh, Alcaraz and Conor McAlini. Good to see Conor back on the bench. Yeah, it's always good to see him after, obviously, we discussed his horrific injury at the start of the season. Uh, sorry, at the start of his uh, loan period and he had to come back. And we thought we might not see him until next season. He's had a couple of sub- substitute bench appearances uh, so it's it's nice to see him still on the fringes of the first team squad yeah. uh, 
when the game actually got underway, I thought we looked strong straight away. Um, for some for some reason, uh, James McCarthy suddenly turned in, into less of a uh, just covering the midfield area kind of midfielder and. Uh, the complete marauding Roy Keane-like midfielder, box-to-box, yeah. including into the box. I'm sure that was something Martin has probably said to him before the game. He probably just said, you know, just have a go today. There's nothing really on the game, so just have a bit of a free roll, do what you like, you know. If it ends up 4-3, it ends up 4-3, so be it. Um, and obviously wanted to push him forward a little bit and maybe push on for the goal, um, which obviously came a little bit later on. Uh, what I did notice is that straight away, you know, Coleman and Bain seem to be in the game quite a lot and pushing up the flank. So uh, they've had a couple of quiet weeks, haven't they, really, what you would say. And um, it looks like they, they were back on blob again. Yeah. Um, I'd say, I mean, overall, all over the pitch, really, it was quite a good, uh, pretty good attacking performance. Uh, the first goal, uh, as Mark just said, uh, came from uh, from a McCarthy run into the box. Great Wonder little, strike. Yeah, wonder strike. Great little uh, through ball knock from Naismith. And um, McCarthy with a slide and effort on goal. I think McGregor should have been putting it, uh, putting it wide or putting it over the bar. It wasn't, it wasn't an unstoppable effort, but he, he, he just kind of spooned it. He'd obviously been trying to steal a bit of a clover before the game or something, because he had butterfingers, didn't he? Yes, he one? did, yeah. So it just kind of went in in slow-mo once he got his ball. You know, from our point of view, a nice little uh, nice little way to, for Jimmy Mack to finish his season, isn't it, with his first goal for the club? Yeah, I mean, that's something that he's been criticised for all season, obviously, a lack of goals. Uh, and I think we've discussed this before, and I've said, you know, that that's not his job to do in his team, that's not his role. Uh, however, it is good to see him popping up on the score sheet because, you know, your first Everton goal is always going to be special, isn't it? It's strange though, isn't it? We talk, think about McCarthy, looking at his skill and the way he runs with the ball and, you know, his range of, range of passing and it doesn't seem like he would be one of those kind of holding midfielders who doesn't get goals, do you know what I mean? It's not like he is a Makaleli kind of player who never shows up in the opposition box or on the edge of the box or whatever. So, and apparently, you know, at Wigan, this was part of his game. You know, I haven't really looked into it to see how many goals he scored for Wigan or anything, but, you know, it, it, it could be something that is just not part of his game at the moment, but is normally part of his game, so he could come up with it next season. The thing is, though, it's all part of a system, isn't it? And if you see McCarthy when he's in and around the box, he's always generally tends to try and look to put it wide, usually out to the right-hand flank, and that's just the system that's being drilled into at the moment, and that's probably why... Uh, he doesn't get the goal return that, that maybe he should. Um, he has got a tendency to blast it into Rosehead as well, remember? Yeah, I suppose so. But puts us uh, nicely 1-0 up. And pretty much the, the, the game, you know, I thought for this game, Lukaku looked interested. He uh, it seemed to be a bit of an all-action display from him. You know, his, his control, which has been criticised a lot, what what I found that he was doing, he didn't get it under control immediately, like you know, like kill the ball dead, like a Berbatov kind of touch. But what he was doing was controlling it into an area where he could get it in control. If you get if you get what I, what I mean, yeah, you know, but maybe it was a bit of a going away present to the Evertonians. Yeah, uh, possibly like to go with his boots and uh, his shirt, which he threw into the crowd. That might is is his, uh, his performance might have been something. Just remember though, Leighton Baines did that last season at Chelsea. Oh yeah, we, we thought, we thought, it thought it was he was definitely his going by, yeah. you know, 
gesture to the Evertonians uh, and that never came about. So I wouldn't read too much into the whole boot and shirt into the crowd uh, palaver. Um, Nate Smith had a decent chance, didn't he? Sort of halfway through the first half where uh, the ball got played into him uh, by Gareth Barry uh, and he tried to take it on first time, little side footer. Uh, but it, it it went wide, basically. Probably should have done a little bit better with his finish. Yeah. Um, what it, from the whole from a whole side of things, they didn't really have much of an effort in the first half. There was one little bit of a mix up where um, Jags picked the ball up in the penalty area and then he turned to play it uh, back to Tim Howard, and Jelovic was kind of just lingering, but he was facing Howard, and Jelovic basically put the ball right into Jelovic's path. But he, as I say, he was looking the other way, and uh, so uh, Howard managed to clear. But it was a bit of a, sh- a bit of a hairy, what could have been a hairy moment, and if he could have capitalised on it. Yeah, I think Jelovic had a couple of free kicks as well, didn't he? I remember one that got sort of blasted straight into the wall. Um, it's good to see that really Jelovic. Well, I don't want to be mean to him and say it's good to see he hasn't got any better since he left us, but it was definitely one of those players who you sell who you think that could come back and bite us on the arse. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, We had another chance about halfway through. First half, uh, Lukaku just didn't... uh, Maybe if it was Traore, he might have been on the end of it with his longer legs, but... um, Or his arse. Yeah, possibly. (laughs) Uh, But again, from a James McCarthy run, um, you know, he was up and down the pitch... Even more so than usual, I thought. So, uh, Hull taking a few chances, but the first half uh, ended up 1-0 to the Blues. Yeah, 1-0. Uh, decent performance from the Evertonians, uh, from the Everton players and the Evertonians, really, who, who were the loudest of the two sets of fans right the way through the game, I thought. Um, and then uh, a quick pint down at half-time, come back up, and if you... If you didn't drink your pint quickly, you would, would have missed Everton's second goal with Lukaku popping up straight away after the, the restart. Yeah, well, well, I missed the first goal live. Uh, sorry, the second goal live because uh, I might I, I happen to be watching through um, means that we have discussed pre, uh, previously on podcast, <laughs> WYSIWYG, um, and my stream kind of went down a little bit and I had to refresh and... It didn't give me enough time to see it because he scored in the 46th minute just after half time. Did I? Did I thought I you told me that you fell asleep at half time. No, I felt I was starting to fall asleep at the end of the first half, and then uh, when I was reloading my page because my commentary was about 10 seconds behind uh, during half time. In fact, I was watching some of the city uh, city stuff at half time as well. So I refreshed my page and then I missed it. Quality, quality, quality journalism once again from the, the, I've, I've the seen just I've, better crew. I've seen uh, it a number of times. I didn't really since. see the end of the second half because I was falling asleep. Brilliant. <laughs> um, what, what I will uh, mention though, the Everton fans were in good humour as well, weren't they? They must have had uh, the transistor radios on to their ears and they, they heard when uh, Newcastle took the lead through uh, Skirtle's wonder goal um, and they were doing the Poznan. Yeah, there was uh, quite a few thousand Evertonians doing the Poznan uh, in the KC Stadium, which uh, I'm sure would have uh, wound up some of our Liverpoolian friends, not that we've got many. Yeah, so uh, as as we were saying, 1 0 up shortly after half time. Um, they showed this on Match of the Day, actually, and it was a lovely bit of build up. I think there was like 16, 17 passes uh, from uh, back. Right up to the front. Yeah, it was a great move, wasn't it? There was one in particular from Osman where he just sort of yeah. tucked it round the corner, type pass, and and somebody made this point. He, he's got no 
nobody said about what a good ball that was. It was just like uh, Lukaku's strength, uh, which has been uh, you know praised over it. But the ball from Osman, just in between the two defenders, just uh, just enough legs on it to get through, um, and. As, as I say, Lukaku did the rest. Great strength, holds off the defender, and with a decent finish with his right foot. Um, you know, he, he had a good finish a few weeks ago. Powerful run, left-footed finish. So, you know, he can hit with both feet and puts us two 0 up. Nice little goal to sign off the season. Uh, yeah, with possibly his Everton career, but we we still don't know on that it's one. Sixteenth goal of the season for us. So it's not a bad return, is it? At the end of the day, you know, he's got seventeen last season um, for West Brom, but he got three. On the final day, if you'll remember, in, in that crazy Man, Man Plus, United game. He's where like missed a portion of the season with injury as well, didn't he, following the derby? So, uh, I think that's a good return. Yeah. I'm happy with uh, 16 goals from him. So I think the difference, w- if we'd have, um, if we need to push on next season, which we'll talk obviously a lot more about, put, turn that 16 into a 20. Yeah, we need someone to break the 20 goal barrier, don't we, to give us them extra few points needed to push on for the top four. Um, as the second half continued on, we were looking fairly comfortable, I would say, uh, and then Hull had a little bit of a penalty appeal. Did they? They did, yeah. Um, this Dan had a high boot, Oh, um, but it would have been a harsh one, and Howard Webb just waved it off. Yeah, no chance, no chance. Um, they did have a good chance through Curtis Davis, though, and they had a free header, and he uh, just put it quite a distance wide at a post, and you know he's a good player, he got their player of the season, and he got the supporters' player of the season. Um, and he scored past us before, hasn't he? He has, yeah. Uh, a couple of minutes after that, uh, Delafay, who came on for McGeady, uh, do you know whether he gave his wave while he was warming up to the Everton fans, or was he running down to the whole fans? I don't know. I don't. I, I can't confirm that, but I'm assuming there was probably a little wave from Jerry left and right. We need to, we need to uh, find this out, because I am very keen on wave watch, whether as Jer- you know. Jerry's wave made an appearance. We, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll put it out to our Evertonians. Did you see Jerry waving? You can answer on our pod, uh, on our Facebook. Um, so yeah, I hope it's not the last wave I've ever seen from Jerry. Even though I think he's an awful footballer, he's definitely he's the not best an awful waver. Footballer. He is certainly the best waver at the club. Um, so we we had pretty much control of the game. You know, it was one. Like, it was a bit of a bit of an end of season game. After that, you know, we we had a good bit of possession, a few little half chances. Um, we c- couldn't manage to extend our lead. Um, Say obviously, uh, you said about Delafeo coming on. Uh, there was a towards the end. There was a good save from Tim Howard, wasn't there? Robert Cotton. Well, oh yeah, Tim. Tim, we we didn't we haven't mentioned uh, Tim Howard. We'll talk about again a little bit more. He's had he had not much to do all the game, and then he, he was alive to make the save towards the end. So he's been like that all season. Now I know we're going to cover that in the news, but you know, I, for me, he's had his best season so far this year. I yeah, think he's, and, just, uh, he's like a fine wine, as they say. What? Green and in a bottle. Um, it gets better with age. Uh, oh, right, cl- okay. He doesn't, live, he doesn't live in a bottle then with a cork in his head. No, no. Um, okay. No. So, McGeady went off for Delafeu. We talked about that substitution. Ozzy uh, went off for Stephen Pienaar, who came on for a little uh, cameo at the end of, uh, end of the season. Uh, and I thought he started, he had a little bit of influence on the, on the play. Uh, started linking up with Bainsey again, trying to rekindle that partnership. Um, and then one final little cameo at the end. Uh, why they even bothered? I don't know. Uh, I thought it would have made more sense if they'd just given someone a taste of it. Maybe put Macalini on, but he put Traore on, so he's uh, he's, he's he's now one in two appearances, which it spoils the scoring record doing that. What's, it, what's his total uh, minutes played? 
I still it's think it's about 64 <laughs> because he only came on in the 89th minute. Yeah, well, how long did he play last time when he played? What six? How long did he play? About twenty minutes or something? I the think first he played game? a full, a full, uh, full of half and fifteen, didn't he? Was it that? Was it that long? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the thing is, Jack Rodwell only played eighteen minutes this season for Manchester City in the Premier League and got a winners' medal. Well, that's madness, that isn't it? It used to be if you if you, you had it to play ten games. It used to be ten games. Now it's five. It's five. So he's made five that added up to sixteen minutes yeah. and got a medal. Yeah, madness. Shocking. So. The Blues signed off with a good 2-0 victory away from home uh, against, you know, the FA Cup finalists in Hull, who were supposed by their own standards have had a, a decent season. Uh, man of the match, who would you who would you go for? This was a, a tricky one because I, I put out on our Facebook, Facebook um, who, you know, who, who do the people think? Uh, and I put some options out there. I thought my, my personal man of the match was uh, Distan. I thought, thought he just bossed it coming back in. Uh, while I thought we, we missed Stone's... Uh, calmness on the ball and bringing you know his distribution, bringing it out. I thought Distan showed a little bit of that and a little bit of his. What he he used to have that calmness as when as well until everything started going through, and then he started to look like Bambi on ice. But I thought that a little bit of that was back. So he was my man of the match. But I thought there was impressive performances from. Well, after such a great season, we'll see that composure in the World Cup, won't we? <laughs> yeah, um, Lukaku thought played well. He looked like, as I say, looked like he was interested. That was going to be my choice. I was going to say Lukaku. I don't know if it's just a little bit of a sympathy vote because it's his last game, and I want to give it to something to sign him off with. But uh, yeah, I thought he, as you said, he, he looked powerful throughout, didn't he? And, and really put a shift in. We, we haven't really put this down to discuss um, in our news section, so I just want to talk about this now. And I feel a little bit harsh. Um, on what I've said, uh, I feel like I've been a little bit harsh on Lukaku saying that he's not worth 20 million or 25 million. He's 20, and you forget that because of the maturity of his game sometimes. And he, sometimes he plays like, you know, his laziness, he play, or, or what we call his laziness. A lot I, of older players do that. I don't think it's that. being harsh, is it? I think it's just a case of we know how good he can be on his day, and we know he's got all the attributes to be a very, very good player. Uh, and he should be getting 25 goals a season. He is young now, uh, and you do have to allow for that. I just think, you know, a lot of Evertonians don't want to pay 25 million because they've seen quite a number of performances this season where he certainly hasn't looked a 25 million pound player. I think you're going to get that from all forwards, though, aren't you? Yeah, I do. You say I mean, the, grass is, the grass is always green, isn't it? If we go out and, you know, players we've been linked with, like Remy and Boney, you know, we only see what you know their highlights, don't we? Um, the odd performance. Lukaku, Lukaku could go away to the World Cup very easily, finish top scorer in the competition for Belgium, and suddenly he's worth fifty million. Yeah, that, it, that's the way it's it a, is. It, so it's a it's a real possibility that is because Belgium have got a great team, great squad, and he's going to be leading that line. We might not want to spend twenty five million on at the moment, but prices of players are relative, aren't they? And whatever his market value is, that's what's going to be expected to get paid for, and whether. Evertonians or Lukaku or whoever else agrees with that price or not. So um, let's see what happens. Anyone who's thinking, you know, 25 is overrated for him now, I think that might have doubled by the the, by the, the start of next season. Uh, there is talk of him possibly being used as, a, as part of this Diego Costa deal with Atletico Madrid for Chelsea. So I don't know whether that could be his next destination. Yeah, well, you know, that would be the kind of move, that would be a big move for him and I think... Uh, that's more likely than him coming to us. Uh, it's just a, one of those unfortunate things, really. Uh, so, obviously, that, that was the whole game. Um, 
as we mentioned before, great support from the Evertonians. Uh, there was some great photographs taken at the end of the game, wasn't there, with the Evertonians uh, applauding the, the, the boys off the pitch and, and the players applauding the crowd as well. Uh, I think Everton sold out their allocation and probably had about an extra three or 4,000 Evertonians in, in and around the whole sections. Um, and the, the blue smoke bombs were going off. Uh, we're all going on a European tour was ringing out loud was the song of the day. Uh, and I think even Hull joined in on that because obviously they're going to be in the Europa League next season as well. Yeah, just again, we haven't put this on our news section, so we talk about that now. There's been some confusion about um, where our Europa League campaign starts. Apparently, if Hull win the FA Cup, they go straight into the uh, straight into the group stages, and we have to go into the last qualifier, which is like the first round, basically the first round proper. First, yeah. Th- so there's, I think there's is the three qualifying games which start as early as July. Yeah, and I think you basically if you if you're playing in one of them, you, you're basically playing like boot low boys or something. Yeah, and you 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 write off basically your preseason because that's yeah. when it, you have to preseason would have to start like now if you if you're playing in those games. Um, so we kind of want as as uh, as welcoming as a uh, Hull were at the weekend. We want an Arsenal win at the weekend, don't we? I think. Well, I think that's going to be the case anyway. I can't, you know, Arsenal are definitely going to be up for the FA Cup. Fenger badly needs this trophy. Uh, so I can't see anything other than an Arsenal win anyway. So I think we'll probably be going straight into the, the group stages if that's that's how the draw works. Just before we move on to have a little little bit of a roundup, which we can't ignore of the rest of the year, how the league panned out. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we finished on a record 72 points. Uh, the most points we've acquired, uh, sorry, yeah, the most points we've acquired since the 86-87 season when we won the league. And obviously there were uh, 22 teams in the league then. Or t- was it 22 or 20? Anyway, whatever it was, you know, a lot more, lot more games to play. Uh, any, was it eight out of the last ten seasons, seventy-two points would have got a Champions League. Yeah, place. I think it was eight out of ten. Yeah, uh, I, obviously more than the last time we qualified for the Champions League. So you know, it, it's it, it very, it's been a very tough uh, season this it's, season. Well, it's been a great Premiership season. I mean, yeah. I'm hearing this, you know, on, on Sky Sports every five minutes and. I, I don't really want to repeat that, but it has been. It's been a very memorable season. It's been good at both the top and the bottom of the league. Uh, interest right the way up to the last day. Um, it's been good because Liverpool choked uh, when he could, when he had win the league in their own hands and, and threw it away. Let's uh, just say, on that from that side of things, um, it got very very hairy at some point in the last few weeks, didn't it? And we oh could, yeah, I, you know, probably for the last two months, I've just I, I, I believe that they were going to win the oh, league. Don't say that word. Don't say that word. Sorry. Yeah. Hashtag believe. Hashtag believe. Hashtag we don't go again. Oh my God! I put this out on our Facebook saying, you know, there's, there's so many upsides about it, about them not winning the league, and I've got to say that is one of them. People who know nothing about football, or uh, you know, fair weather fans, uh, all these girls who suddenly pop up on Twitter. It's not wrong with girls liking football, but they're not liking football. They just, I don't know, I don't know what it is, but doing these stupid lame hashtags like. Uh, believe or we go again or dare dream, to dream. Dare dare to dream. dream or YNWA or you know whatever just 
you know, go back to you know, your, your fad of the week, go back to watching McBusted or whatever it is that you do. And um, Johnny's on a on a major rant here. Leave the football talk to uh, people who uh, have an interest in it. Why don't you just go the whole hog? Why don't you just say, get in the kitchen? Make me tea. Not and just don't watch football. Not just women. I mean, I, no, that's just. I'm so, I'm sorry if that sounds harsh on women. It's it's fellas as well who don't have an interest in football at all until it looks like Liverpool might win the league, and then suddenly they're all over it. And they used to have a season ticket when they were six. They've been on the waiting list for ten years. No, just no. That was that was one of the highlights of them not winning the league for me. The other when, one was Stephen Gerrard. Whenever seven. a plastic Liverpool supporter comes out of the woodwork, this is the question you should always ask them. Ask them, who was the manager before Bill Shankly? Who did Bill Shankly take over from? I guarantee you, they will never get that question right. The answer is actually Phil Taylor. And then we were in the second division, and he'd kept them down in the second division for five years. So he's actually my favourite Liverpool manager of all time. He, he, he might not have been a very good manager, but he's gone on to be a great dart player. He was a great dart player, yeah. I yeah. love that. Um, so as you know, that as far as the league roundup goes, uh, you know they managed to get a win. They managed to get a win against Newcastle after the Skirtle, uh, what I said before, scored a wonder own goal, which makes him the highest uh, own goal scoring player in Premier League history, even more than Jamie Carragher uh, in one season. Ah, right. Okay. In one season, I think he scored. I think he scored five or six own goals in the season. So he's in double figures for overall goals, isn't he? Well done. And Manchester City uh, became league champions for the second time in three years. Deserved league champions, I would say. Um, they've got the second best central midfield in the country after James McCarthy and Yaya Torre, uh, who's obviously drove them on this season. Uh, and I think they deserve it. Do you know what we do think has had a very good season and has been completely ignored in all the Player of the Year awards? Nasri. Eden Jekyll. Oh, Jekyll, yeah. Well, he's pushed on more... In the end, uh, towards the latter end of the season, when they've needed him, haven't they? Because Aguero's been injured, uh, and Negredo. he scored vital goals for yeah, them this season. That's, that's what Mourinho said. He uh, he should have been up there. Yeah, I think he did. He did say something the other day. Um, so so there you go, uh, City champions. Uh, we've said said goodbye to Fulham, Cardiff, and Norwich. Yeah, uh, three very long away trips. So happy days on that, um, and. We, I think we want Derby to be QPR in the playoff finals now, don't we? Because Derby's not as far as QPR to go. Yeah, next Burnley, season. a nice close one as well. Burnley, that's a, that's a good one. Even Leicester. Leicester's, Leicester's not a yeah. bad one. Nice stadium there as well, so that'll be a good day out next season. Uh, Man United, lowest ever Premier League finish. First time they've not qualified for Europe in, well, since we were allowed back in Europe, isn't it? So, a crazy season, really. Uh, I think we're going to touch a little bit on what we think of Everton's season. Uh, in our last section today, so that'll be coming up towards the end of the podcast. Uh, I think it's time for some news, mate. What do you reckon? Yeah, well, on last week's show, when I did this on my own, what did I manage? I managed about 10 minutes on this on the uh, the, the game review, didn't I? We've gone uh, 31 minutes, so yeah, I think it's definitely time for some news. We're going to have a rejig over the summer, aren't we? We're going to uh, redo our theme tune uh, without the all new bit. But one thing that's got to stay is the best jingle that podcasts have ever heard. 
which is our, our news jingle there, isn't it? A one-word jingle. One-word jingle, yeah. News. It still amuses us. Even it's still, every time we let... Six or seven, one day. If you'd have actually seen the day we recorded that and we couldn't stop laughing for about 20 minutes yeah, we, just because <laughs> we shouted news. The delay. Uh, we, we had to record a few times and then stop and start again. Yeah, so small things, you know. Uh, but news of the week, there's been quite a bit of news and we, we went back to have a look, uh, basically, I've wrote it down in a very random order here, so this could oh, be all yeah. over the place. I tried to go in chronological order here, so here we go. Let's go, should we go with transfer rumours first, and it, it, specifically talking about who's going to be playing up front forever next season? Yeah, seems We can just cross them off off the list then. Yeah, seeing as though that is going to be the, the big story for most of the summer, isn't it? Who replaces Lukaku? Will it be Lukaku? <laughs> Who Lukaku could replace himself? Is that possible? Can you replace yourself? Well, he's gone back. He's a Chelsea player now, isn't he? This is or true. Is he? So he, he, he would have to come back in to Would there be himself? a second spell at Everton then? Yeah. Interesting. Um, all the news today, though, is that it's not Lukaku that we've actually started to chase down. It's uh, QPR's Loic Remy, uh, who's been on loan at Newcastle this season. Uh, it looks like we've sort of made the first inquiry about him uh, although I think it's expected that a number of other clubs are going to start coming in for him. Um, I know Arsenal have been heavily linked and he was seen watching Arsenal last week. That was funny that though, wasn't it? Because people said to Arsene Wenger, um, why is Remy here? And he was like, well, I don't know. I hope he's bought a ticket, he <laughs> yeah. said. Yeah. Uh, so, interesting. I mean, it's quite a bizarre thing to say if, if you are interested in him saying, I hope he's got a ticket and not just slide in through the gates. Yeah. Maybe uh, he got his dad to lift him over the barrier. What do you think? Yeah, could have, could have. Yeah, what else? What I'll say about Remy, seriously though, um, his first time finishing uh, is uh, it, it's great. Temp, first time finisher, he's got a good bit of pace on him. He's quite strong, lads. You uh, look at Newcastle stats this year of goals with him in the team and goals without without the team, and he's basically carried them all season. I think without him, they pos- probably would have got relegated because they've been awful. We this season, them, would we? Not really, no. Um, Thank Gosland, he's here with Championship football. <laughs> if you ask me, yeah. but. Um, so there you go. I mean, Remy's had a very good season. Probably quite similar to Lukaku in a way. Not in stature and and the way he plays, but as the season's gone on loan, I would say. Yeah. Um, th- there seems to be two ch- choices for Evertonians at the moment outside of Lukaku. And he's the first one. And he's the first one we've been linked with in a... In a you wouldn't say in a concrete fashion, but he seems to be the most... Uh, you know, the first... The first strike has been or the first shot has been fired so to speak on that as in you know we may maybe inquired about him the other player uh that we've been linked with i don't know you know the other club has a say in this matter but um uh bony is the other one isn't it i think well swansea have come out haven't they said they've got no need to sell and the only way that they even listen to an offer is if it was astronomical so i think they're probably talking lukaku money uh, over Boney as well. So again, you're probably looking at 20, 25 million to get them to, to think about selling. I think possibly 15 to 18 we might get Boney for if we were interested in that much uh, interested that much in him. I think Remy would probably be the cheaper option, maybe 14 or 10 to 14 million. Again, I, d- I don't know whether he's got a clause in his contract or, or anything, but you would have thought after the season at Newcastle they'd be talking the same sort of money again for, for Lower Remy. I think possibly the, the cheapest option may be Denver Bar from Chelsea. Isn't that an interesting one, that though? Um, you didn't see the awards, did you? The Everton Player Awards? No, no I didn't see them. No. Well, um, well, when when Big Bill uh, Ken Wright did his 
uh, rundown through the players, and he got as far as Lukaku. He said um, when he contacted Chelsea, he asked about the availability of Denver Bar and you know, f- uh, with the possibility of signing him. And Chelsea said no, they weren't interested in selling Denver Bar, but take Lukaku on loan. And uh, so Bill Kenwright thought he'd hit the jackpot. So wasn't he in shock when he heard that? Apparently, didn't he say he was just like taken aback? Yeah, it was like, well, you know, I mean, you know, as far as we, you know, he was one of our dream signings, wasn't he, Lukaku? We couldn't believe that we'd actually signed him. Yeah, of course, know? yeah. So um, obviously, there is some long-standing interest in in Denver Bar. So any rumours about us going for him, possibly, you know, might not be too far from the mark. And what do you reckon? You pick him up for about eight? Do you think? Yeah, I think. But would he? I don't think he's. I don't think he's a long-term answer in any way, and I don't think you probably get a full seat. I don't think he's one of them players who can play week in, week out and bang goals in, do you? I don't know. If if he can't score goals at Chelsea with that creative midfield... He hasn't really had the chance, though, has he? I mean, he's what he's been third or fourth in the pecking order. Well, Some weeks, Shearer's been played ahead of him, so it's not like... Again, we talk about this every week. I think strikers need prolonged spells in a team. You need to, you know get used to a pattern of play, be able to anticipate where the balls are coming from and, and, and work the game around that. So, uh, you know, he used to say with a run in the team, he, he wouldn't get goals. I mean, he did well at Newcastle before he went to Chelsea, hence why he's ended up at Chelsea. So, um, I think if he brought Denver Barton, I'd like to see one of the other names come in as well. Yeah, uh, I think because he would be a relatively cheap option, relatively cheap, um, it, it might give us scope to go out there and add another one in there. Um, by all accounts, though, uh, what you from what you just told me before, Roberto's got an- other ideas for who's going to finish our top goal scorer next season. Yeah, some, uh, there was an interview with Roberto the other day, and I think he said that he believes Kone will finish as our top scorer next season. So uh, th- that's quite bold words. You know, Roberto likes to talk talk things up a little bit, and he's always uh, he's the most positive man ever. Is this too positive? Well, let's face it, we still don't know. We didn't no, get we a chance know. to have a we look. We can't be too this. critical. Uh, last one on uh, sort of strikers possibly coming in. Uh, a lad, I must admit, I know absolutely nothing about. has been linked over the last couple of days quite heavily with Everton. Uh, his name is Didier Yakonan. Maybe... I don't Ru- know if Yaz is middle name. Maybe Roberto said Conan is going to be the top goal scorer for us next season. Not Kone. Possibly. Uh I'll tell you what I know about Didier. Uh, he's on a free in the summer. He free? Free's good. Free is very well, good. Well, can, can be good. But why is he on a free? Going into a European campaign, though, you're probably going to need four strikers in and around the squad, aren't you? So if he's striking number four, for instance, uh, or three, and he's coming in on a free, then, then why not? Uh, he plays for Hanover. He's got a fairly good scoring record. I think it's something similar to about 40 and about 110. That's all right. That's not too bad. Uh, he's going to World Cup with the Ivory Coast. Um, so, a decent player. Yeah, no, well, if, uh, if free's good. I you can't say I've ever seen him play, though. So. No. Well, we might see him over the World Cup, and then uh, then everyone will be in for him if he has a good World Cup, won't they? They will. Uh, and obviously, talking about strikers, uh, a striker departed the club uh, for good this week. Uh, suppose, uh, uh, would you describe him as a cult player, Velios? Yeah, yeah. I think I think I would. Uh, he, he's, he's, Everton's he always have this thing, don't they? That he was he, he's going to be really good and be like the savior of our club, even though he has had quite a few chances to sort of break into the team and never really took them. Didn't he? By the scruff of the neck. 
No, he always looked half decent when he come on. I thought he changed the number of games with his with his. Uh, he's got a, he had a little bit of pace, good height, scored a couple of goals. Strange running style, though. Yeah, like yeah, he had yeah. a board up his back. Yeah. Um, but he obviously didn't make that much of an impression because uh, he, he didn't get a prolonged run in the side, even when we had no strikers. Well, he didn't get a prolonged run in the Blackpool side when he went there on loan either, so I don't know. Maybe his head's gone. Maybe he's just, you know, very demotivated at the moment, perhaps. But a uh, sad little picture the other day of, it, of his house getting packed up in Liverpool, his apartment. Have we said who it is yet? Velios. Yeah. Yeah, we did, yeah. All right, okay. <laughs> I thought we were playing, playing. I didn't know we'd said his name yet. Um, yeah, it was, wasn't it? Is all his all his stuff boxed up, and then a, a few a few hours later, he, he tweeted a picture of the new retro look uh, Air Jordan for, uh, trainers, which he uh, had just arrived. So he wasn't that down in the dumps. So is that <laughs> what we've been reduced to now, talking about Velios's new trainees? <laughs> well, that's, that, that's Velios posters pictures of uh, the leaving of Liverpool with a smiley face and a sad face next to each other. And then a picture of his Air Jordans. So, um, uh, another player that might be on the way out, apparently, is uh, Ross Barkley, because Liverpool are coming <laughs> in with a, a £38 million pound bid. I said this last week, right? Um, whenever you hear Ross Barkley or see, see his name in the newspapers, it's Liverpool target or Manchester United target or Chelsea target. The second two, you know, fair enough, you're going to have those links. But, but it should just be Everton's or England's Ross Barkley or Everton and England Ross Barkley. Liverpool target, he might forever and ever and ever be a Liverpool target, but he's never, ever, ever going there. He's, an, he's got an Everton tattoo up his arm. Why would he ever go there? When are the papers going to realise that Everton Football Club have got the two best fullbacks in the country? Potentially, we've got the best central midfielder in the country in Ross Barkley, the best centre half in the country in John Stones, and we are an up and coming team with a very bright future and a very bright manager. Why would he want to leave? Well, I don't know. Why would he want to go to Manchester United at the moment? I don't know. I mean, I, I could see if he was going to move, I think a move to Man United or Chelsea is more likely. Because, well, anything's more likely. I think a move to Norwich is more likely than He's a move to Liverpool. He's never going to go to Liverpool in a million years. You can forget that one for the start. Yeah, so he, he, he's still being linked with Man U, still being linked with Chelsea. It's, you know it's going to happen club forever. I could see him signing for, really, is Man City. I think they're the only ones who could afford him. Yeah, possibly, yeah, yeah. Uh, have you seen the you've seen the the transfer merry go round has started already though hasn't it? Uh, on Sunday night, uh, Man United bid twenty seven million for Luke Shaw. Got knocked back. Twenty seven million. Uh, yesterday or today, Liverpool bid twenty million for Lallana. It, well, it, I think Southampton are going to have a few problems really because those two bids have been made. Apparently, a £15 million pound bid's been made by Spurs for Rodriguez and Spurs won Pochettino as well as manager. So, they're just the starting bids. And you think, you know, That's 20 million. 20 million. If Lalana's going for 20 million, we've got to be in there if he's going for 20 million, but he's not. He's we won't spend 20 million on Lallana. The thing is, I don't get we're talking about Liverpool going for him. Um, you know, I don't get where he where he would really play in that team. Uh, to me, if they sign Alana, I think that's a clear indication that Suarez might be going. And they'll, they'll put Sturridge up top and play Alana as like the left side of the second player. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, I, I hope he doesn't go there because he is a quality player and I like to watch him play and I couldn't watch him play for that shout of shite. The problem is, though, you know that Liverpool always take on Everton supporters as players, don't yeah, they? So yeah, yeah. So a long history of that, so Lallana could be the next one to go there. I hope not. Because, yeah, I agree with you. I think he's quality. However, the minute he signs for them, you'll be crap. You'll be dead to me. you crap. You'll be dead to me. <laughs> so, uh, another couple of players we've been linked to it is a player we were linked to it heavily last summer. Uh, and one of his mates from uh, Portugal. Uh, it is uh, Fernando. Not Torres. Not Torres. I think we probably made that same joke last summer. Well, you know, uh, the old ones are the best. And Andre Gomez. Uh, is that Nuno Gomez's son? I doubt it. <laughs> right, okay. he, he's probably old enough, though, Nuno Gomez. Does he still play Nuno Gomez? He probably does. He's, he's still got that little... Is he still up front for Portugal <laughs> in the World Cup? <laughs> With Yao Pinto. That lad must have gone to about 10 different World Cups. Yeah, yeah. Did he, did, didn't he come over and play for Blackburn a, a few seasons ago? <sighs> possibly. It might have been on Champ Manager. Yeah, possibly. I've got some vague... Rep- it might have been on our game with Champ Manager. <laughs> so that's why we both, both recall this. Does Polista still play for... Was that his name? The old Probably Portuguese stuff. forward. He used to play with Nuno Gomez. Possibly. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked. Though, just going down the tangents of <laughs> reeling off the names of old Portuguese players. F- Fernando, though, um, after he was linked with us and we couldn't afford him, he was... Well, it wasn't a case of we couldn't afford him. Didn't he have second thoughts? Wasn't, he, wasn't it a done deal on transfer deadline day and then he, he decided he didn't want to come? I think it was a mix of the two. So we got Gareth Barry instead. Gareth Barry and James McCarthy. So who would you rather have? It's got to be well, I think Mac- the McCarthy deal was done. I think Gareth Barry was the last-minute replacement for Fernando. Do you know what, though? On the, uh, going back to the Everton Awards, they said uh, about Fellaini going, allowing us to sign James, Mac- James McCarthy again. They brought that up. And at the time, they said that that wasn't the case. But then, you know, they must have had a few sherries or whatever, and that news kind of rebroke in the awards evening. So, um, well, on them too, I mean, they both play for Porto. Biggest club in Portugal. It's probably just a case of whether they fancy the Premier League, isn't it? I, th- I would have thought there'd be a few clubs in for Fernando. Well, City, that's what I was just going to say. City came in for him uh, in the second transfer, win- in the winter transfer window. And if City want him, he's going to be decent. compete with them for but wages. He's got to be decent if they well, want him. He is. He is decent by all accounts. Um, one of the, while we're talking about City as well, I haven't got this on my list, but we were linked with James Milner this week. Uh, yeah, yeah. Interesting yeah. James Milner. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, if if uh, if you're on Twitter, folks, go and um, go and follow boring James Milner. Um, it's just just quality in a. I could try and explain it now, but everyone would just be sitting here going, "What are these idiots talking about?" Because James Milner basically tells you what he's had for his tea, or explains some random conversation that actually. One means example. Nothing. One example. Um, I think did we mention this last week? Um, Possibly, I think I, we did. Uh, Saw Gareth Barry today. This is the, the day of the Everton Man City game. Saw Gareth Barry today. Asked if he's playing. He said, "No, I can't. It's my parent club. I'm just doing this in this uh, boring voice." And he said, "Oh, see you later." And that's it. <laughs> that's the quality. The quality. Uh, the quality of boring James Milner. But the real James Milner uh, is also boring. Do you, uh, he's do a boring footballer. <laughs> I think he just runs around a lot. I think it would be a very similar signing to Gareth Barry. Gareth Barry, one, he's coming from Man City. Two, he's a midfielder. Very similar. Um, it's about boring. Three, I, I think he'd come in and do... Uh, he's, he's, he's industrial. Industrious, sorry. 
He's not, he's not <laughs> industrial. He's not made of metal. Yeah, he's got smoke he coming out of his ears. He doesn't come onto a pitch wearing a hard hat. <laughs> um, he he uh, he's got a good engine on him. He's versatile. He's got a little bit of skill. Any more cliches you can get out the bag? Good engine, <laughs> <laughs> industrious. Anything else? Um, no, that's he, he drives. Have up you been reading <laughs> that Andy Townsend book of football punditry again? Yeah, we have. Yeah, cheers, Andy, for sending that through the post. Um, no, I, I think it'd be a very, it'd be a very similar move. Again, I, I always say, coming from top top teams, uh, those players do well for us, and I, I think he, he'd, he'd come in and he'd offer us another option, and. You know, it, it's it's. You look at our wingers at the moment. Who we've who we've got um, last season's wingers, McGeady, Morales, and Delafeu. They haven't got an ounce of defence in, in them. And I think he he's you know he's been known to play right back before, right wing back. He'll offer that a uh, bit of versatility, and he can play in the middle as well. So I think we're good signing if he's on the cheap. Thanks for that very boring bit of transfer well, news. You know. uh, the last little bit of transfer rumour we've got to bring you this week is a lad called Daryl. Jan Matt, or apparently he plays for Feyenoord currently. He's a right back. He's six foot two, twenty four, uh, and I'm being told that this deal's already done in a four million pounds deal. Right uh, back. He's a right back. However, it looks like he's a right back in the same ilk as John Stones, so it could possibly be cover for centre half. Now, what I don't get about this deal is. Uh, apparently this lad's already played 12 times for Holland and is going to the World Cup, possibly as their starting right-back. So whether he's going to want to come in and warm Everton's bench, I don't know. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what hold he on, does at the on. World Cup. But we've got to remember that... Johnny Heitinger. Johnny Heitinger, yeah, exactly. Um, so it's a possibility. I'm, get, I'm getting told that there's fairly strong sort of rumours coming out to the club that this deal's already done. It's a strange one that if you if you not only looking at Coleman and looking at Stones, but also looking at a player who come on leaps and bounds last season, Ty Browning, who's also that centre back, right back kind of cross who can offer that cover and by all accounts is ready to make the step up into the first team. You know, should one of the senior players, uh, you know, m- you know, be out injured or whatever, he's already on the fringe of things. So. It seemed it'd be a strange move, wouldn't it? it four could, million. It's it could be one of those cases though where they found out they can get him for four million and thought we'll bring him in if he if he if he goes well we'll turn him into a fifteen million pound player and flog him on or we're not really going to lose out of four million pounds and obviously a bit of a squad booster going into next season. So I suppose I mean if you looked at the signing of Oviedo, it was very it, that, that was like a kind of similar kind of deal, wasn't it? When we thought, why this would is we what need this deal? Struck me as like a, a right back version of Oviedo. Yeah, it sounds good. well. If, if it works out like that, then it can only be a good one because you can push Coleman up into the, that right midfield um, position if need be. You know, if if you have to shuffle things around, and he'll definitely do a job there, won't he? Doesn't really go with the song though, does he? Jan Matt, baby, Jan Matt, oh. No, no, it doesn't go. Don't ever do that again. Okay. <laughs> uh, while we're on the subject of Brian Oviedo, yeah, yeah, uh, segue and like a superstar there, smooth. Um, bad news. Yeah. So he like like Ashley Cole got his uh, his his phone call about the World Cup the day before uh, Roy Hodgson announced the squad, uh, and then subsequently spat his dummy and uh, retired from international football. Um, 
appears Oviedo got the call from Roy Hodgson. Yeah, <laughs> from um, from the Costa Rica boss. Do you think Roy Hodgson rang him because he knew that he was going to score past England in the England Costa Rica game? So Roy Hodgson's rang him and said, "You're not going, mate." Um, no, I don't think that's what happened. Apparently, what happened was he uh, he had some uh, some kind of like a fitness run out or whatever, and he did some training on a hard surface. And we saw those amazing videos of him, uh, um, a few weeks ago in the Bane mask running on a crash mat. So killing you know, Batman, killing Batman, yeah, and, and on a, if a soft impact, and he was volleying the ball back. Um, he hasn't been able to uh, translate that into performing on on a hard surface, uh, and. When he was running on a hard surface, he apparently said he was in a lot of pain, and that put an end to his uh, World Cup dream. Got it for him, really. Uh, you know, he's worked so hard to try and get back. But I mean, on the bright side, from a selfish point of view, um, I th- would have hated him see- seeing him get sent to the World Cup, break down while he's there, you know, and then miss a large chunk of next season for Everton. So he's got a long time now to chill out over the summer, continue with his uh, his rehab and his, his recovery and. Hopefully he'll be back to his best for the start so of the season. You won't get your uh, predicted uh, match though, will you? Where he uh, j- just has a mad moment and machine guns everyone. He, he still could do that he from the crowd. He's bound to be doing some sort of Costa Rican punditry, isn't he? Hey, well, I mean, again, away from our news section, you know, we we don't like to stick to a script. Um, Tim Howard has, uh, has started popping up more and more as a, a pundit for NBC in America. Uh, he's doing like the the. Like the Sky Sports Centre role. Is that why he always looks like he's talking to himself when he's in goal? Because he's You're got an earpiece and doing commentary. Is he doing commentary on the game for the American telly? Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, it, it's. Got it! <laughs> <laughs> well, should we edit that out? No. <laughs> um, go kick! Yeah, so he, NBC, so he, he, he doesn't just do the Everton games, he, he does. Uh, just punditry from around around the grounds, apparently. How does he watch the other games if he's playing in goal for Everton at the time? I think he did the Man City Aston Villa. He did one of the games midweek. But um, is he any? Nice. Do we know if he's any good? Is he better than Warren Barton? <laughs> he's got to be better than Warren Barton. <laughs> what did he? What What was the funny thing that Warren Barton said? Which uh, I think it was something like Leighton. Warren Baines. Barton has never said anything funny in his life. Funny in a not in a ha ha way. Did he? He said something. Like, no, he said. I'm not he said an engine. Leighton Baines can't get up and down the wing. Yeah. <laughs> there that, you go. That, that, that just killed it for me with Warren Barton. Football punditry at its best. He's worse than us. He really is. Just, I mean, we, we have got, we have got a few uh, American uh, American based listeners, haven't we? And probably have to deal with Warren Barton all the time. And um, for putting up with that, we salute you more than listening to us. You, know? you can see why Warren Barton isn't on Sky every week anyway. Um, another player who's not going to World Cup after he announced big shock. It was a big shock. Um, Bit of a Twitter exclusive today, uh, a player announcing international retirement, uh, just obviously right on the brink of the World Cup, and it was someone who was a shoo-in to go for me, uh, Sylvan Distan. Big Sylv. So we, we found his tweet before, and it was uh, it, just to quote his tweet, I'm retiring from France team. It was a wonderful experience, uh, and after a record of zero cap, <laughs> it's time to say goodbye and focus on my club. So he turned, you know, it's it's a nice little uh, tongue in cheek way of doing it, isn't it? Uh, with Big Sylvan. We all know that his favourite types of caps are the the silver ones on the top of milk bottles. Uh, yeah, don't ooh, we? Ooh, ooh. Uh, sorry, <laughs> no lawsuits. Can't go there. Well, you know, we've got through all season without getting sued. So uh. going slightly off the Everton topic, have you seen that France have also left Nasri out in favour of Momo Sissoko? 
well, they, they haven't capped Sylvan Distan for his entire career, so it doesn't surprise me. It gets better than this. Argentina have left out Carlos Tevez for Franco De Santo. Well, maybe uh, I, I, I can't explain it. <laughs> and even more shocking, England are taking Phil Jones instead of John Stones. Well, what is going on with the world? Did you, did you see that little uh, the hashtag that was going on? Stones over Jones. Yeah. T- the little campaign to get him in there. Did we start that? No, I saw it on I, I, I Oh, so we, we pinched it. We haven't even... We haven't talked about the England squad. Oh, it's at our next... That's... Oh, sorry. You've ruined my link again there. Sorry. I thought... Because... Seamlessly we were going into that then. Seamlessly, you know, I managed to go from France to England by including a little joke. Seamless. And then you just blow it. Sorry. Go ahead. Just while before we go on to the England squad, um, if anyone wants to apply for the role of co-host on this podcast next season... <laughs> co-host, stroke, producer, stroke, engineer, <laughs> stroke, editor. Yeah. If you you can abbreviate all that down to lucky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the England squad, uh, quite a big blue contingent. Yeah, so we talked before about um, Ross Barkley and... Uh, John Stones being left out of the Everton lineup in precip- precipitation. Is that the word? No, that means rain. <laughs> <laughs> you having a laugh? <laughs> Preparation. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> anticipation, do you mean? <laughs> no, I didn't even mean anticipation. Anticipation. Anyway, I'll, t- I'll stick to using a word to know. Um, so, Leighton Baines was sat there in the rain. That's where we've got so far. Um, yeah, so they were left out of the Everton squad anyway. Uh, I can't, even, I can't even word it now. <laughs> See, this is why I need a new co-host. Uh, but so why, why wasn't the squad? Why wasn't oh, why weren't Jags and Baines left out? Well, I don't. Probably looking back at it, I don't think that's why Barkley and Stones were left out. It was well, probably I was, just I to thought give it was them confirmed. I thought that that was confirmed. That, that that's why they well, were left well, out. Stones is only on the standby list, isn't he? So why why would you leave him out because of that? Um, I don't know really, but I think Jags obviously needs. He's getting back to fitness, isn't he? So he probably needed the, the game, get the game under his belt, uh, just to test out his, you know, the injury and his recovery. Uh, and Baines he played probably because we didn't have any cover for him. Yeah, okay. Love that. Um, so the ones who did make the team, as we just said? Uh, Baines, Jags and uh, Barkley. Yeah, Stones on standby. Phil Jones and Chris Smalling are in the England squad. Well, yeah. I mean, some glaring admissions, really. Obviously, now Ashley Cole, he's been left out for uh, Leighton Baines and the best left-back in the Premiership, Luke Shaw, apparently, yeah. according to anybody who watches Sky. Um, and Kyle Walker's been left out on the right-hand side as well. So he's, not, he is, he's not quite fit, though, is he? So you can understand that. Yeah, you can understand that. But that means... on. In right back position, you've got Glenn Johnson and Phil Jones as your cover. Uh, you know, I mean, potentially, you know, you could have Glenn Johnson and John Stones as your cover and right back. Well, I wouldn't fancy imagine that if either. Glenn Johnson got an injury I and f- he'd, he'd John Stones gets thrown in the deep end at right back in a world. He'd cup. be ruined, wouldn't he? But yeah, so you've got to be careful what you wish for sometimes about him going. But if he was to play centre half, I'd have full confidence in him. Yes. Uh, Another one, another strange omission. I thought uh, Ruddy, uh, 
instead of Forster? Forster's, you know, I think we underestimate Forster because we don't see him because he's up in Scotland. And I know he's probably keeping goal against the likes of uh, Frank McAvenny and Mickey Quinn and me and you. But, you know, apparently he's a really highly rated keeper and he's kept, you know, hundreds of clean sheets this season, hasn't he, for, for Celtic. So uh, he's very highly rated. He's young. Bit of experience tested in a top league, though it's it's difficult to. There's that Andy Townsend book of cliches again. No, but it is, isn't it? How can you, how can you rate him if you if you're not playing um, top class football, which no. he's not? No, I love that. Um, yeah, I. But Ruddy's got relegated as a relegated keeper, hasn't he? So yeah, I suppose so. Um, and while we're on the subject of goalkeepers, there you go. Set you up. Boom. I'll, I'll, I'll pitch it in. You knock it out the park. Go on. Um, Tim Howard. Uh, we've talked before when we were recapping the game and said how, you know, well, my personal view is this has been Tim Howard's best season at Everton. Um, I think he's been solid all season. He's pulled out some great saves when required. He's kept his concentration going through games, even when he hasn't had much to do. Um, and he seems to have eliminated silly mistakes. For the, on the most part, yeah. I but can't really think of any clangers this season, can you? Uh, maybe the Sunderland kind of... When he got sent off. It wasn't necessarily his mistake. It was Osman kind of did it on the ball, but maybe he could have chose to put it not to Osman when with a player on his back. Uh, that happens though, doesn't it? I mean, but, you know, nothing outrageous that you can think of as compared to, to other seasons. No, so you've got, you've got, you know, there's been a few things where he could have done better. Like, you know, I thought he could have done better against Aguero's goal uh, in the City game, but, you know, we, we know why he was doing that. And yeah. we know Aguero's class, and we know that he didn't want Liverpool to win the league. Yeah. However, um, the final off the stats have come out for this season, uh, and, you know, it was all based on keepers' performance, how many saves they made, etc., um, the top four keepers for saves in the league were basically the relegated keepers, so the likes of Marshall, Ruddy, who we've just mentioned. Um, Spironi was up there, obviously, because Palace started awfully, didn't he, this season. And who am I missing? Who else uh, went down? Uh, Fulham, Billy. Oh, no, was it, you said Marshall. No, it was Minoni was the other keeper, oh, yeah, so yeah, obviously yeah. he's been involved in, in quite a hefty sort of relegation battle. Um Fifth was Tim Howard and was easily the best keeper out of all the top sides. And when you when you looked at the ratio of how many shots the keepers have had towards them to saving them, uh, Howard's was, was the best by a long way. So, so you, you can look at that one or two ways, though, can't you? You can look at it as in he's uh, he's kept us up there, or you can look at it. Well, I mean, and and that we've kind of why are we letting all these shots come in? You know, it, it's funny how I think Tim Howard gets so underrated by Evertonians. And you look at, like, the, the current Nike World Cup advert, and y- you see all the players they've got on there, you know, Yerunis, Ibrahimovic, Neymar, all these world-class players. Uh, and then you sort of see Tim Howard on it, and you think, well, why is Tim Howard on it? But at the end of the day, he, you know, he's one of the best keepers in the world. Uh, yeah, and he's bec- he's becoming more of a personality. He, he's, he's crossing over into other... Uh, he's, he, I think he did Muscle and Fitness magazine. You know, like crossover, crossover kind of features, and that says more about, um, you know, your, your appeal. And, and so you c- you can't just be like that if you're a crap footballer. Was it know? Timmy Howard's six exercises to get rock hard abs in six weeks? Yeah, possibly something like that. Yeah. Uh, and obviously doing the pundits as well. His profile's raised. He's uh, a, 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 the USA uh, captain. And he's also, you know... Been named in the squad now, so definitely going to World Cup. Not that there was any doubt, really. But he's, he's also uh, one of our vice-captains, isn't he? 
he's when uh, when we've lost Jagielka, it's gone to either Osman, Baines, or him. Um, so he's obviously highly rated uh, influence-wise in in, their, in our team, and I think he might not be uh, highly rated by the fans, but the club, the club definitely uh, rate him highly. Yeah, um, and obviously talking about these little tables and stats that come out, there was a couple about Gareth Barry this week as well. There was something you posted on the Facebook. Yeah, it showed a, 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 compari- a comparison of stats. Uh, Gareth Barry was uh, this again, sort of verging on why he should have been called into the England squad, was it, rather than some of the other players that got called in? Yes, it, it was just a comparison between three players. So Gareth Barry, Jack Wilshire, and Frank Lampard. Obviously, Wilshire and Lampard going to the World Cup. Wilshire, you can understand because, uh, you know, understand why he's in there because he's, he's young and, you know... I still think he's an overrated player, Jack Wilshire. But if you look, I, I don't know whether it's a pass completion... Gareth Barry, 87%. Wilshire, 86%. Frank, Frank Lampard, 83%. So, you know... You so he's, he's beat Lampard by a certain distance there. Well, I mean, it, it's all around the same kind of thing. It's, you know, you know a few passes here and there. Tackles, one. 67%. Uh, 67 for Gareth Barry. Wilshire, 27. Frank Lampard, 34. So massively, massive dis- difference. Yeah. Interceptions, 51 for Barry. Wilshire, 10. Lampard, 14. So he's doing both sides of the game there. You know, he's, he's, pa- he's not only breaking the game up, he's distributing it well as well. Um, don't, where, he, where he kind of falls down is taking people on and Wilshire's 45 compared to his 13. Chances created for, from Gareth Barry. Chances created, 41. In c- compared to Wilshire's 32 and Lampard's 33. More chances created of both Lampard and Wilshire. Yeah, so his goals... That is interesting. His goals, he's got three. Wilshire's got three. Lampard's got six. So I think Lampard's... Lampard, you know, is going to be in there for his he's goals. Got six penalties as well, so... Yeah, uh, assists four, and uh, the other two have three. So, you know, it's a really interesting... You could say that it's based on, um, it's based on youth if it was just Wilshire, but it's not. It's Lampard, isn't it? So... I think he's been hard I think done by. More what the highlight is that we have to try and sign him, isn't it? Yeah, I, the I next think season. That is, that is the Do reason. you think he's sat there in precipitation, waiting for the contract to come through? It as could well? be uh, in anticipation or perspiration. And yeah. <laughs> um, and just a final bit of news that we didn't have on the list, but it's just broke literally as we've been recording. Um, a couple of the news outlets are claiming that um, the AS paper in Spain, which is one of the the Spanish football and papers. Uh, is claiming that uh, the Delafeu deal is done to come back to Everton next this season. This must have been forty-seven this time I've heard this. Yeah, apparently this is coming from one of the Spanish papers though, and, and has and has then been picked up by Metro. So uh, we'll wait and see on that. But it looks like possibly uh, the on-off, on-off, on-off Delafeu next season uh, is back on. I I, I like to, I'd like to see his wave back. As you was with you. We talk, we've talked about this for the past three or four weeks, though, haven't we? That you know, we, we keep thinking it's confirmed, and we just have to wait until it's confirmed. As it stands, we have yet to wave him goodbye. Yeah. Okay. So that's a, quite a lengthy news section, which is it's okay this week because we haven't got a preview to do, so we can just ease n- nicely into uh, our social media section after this little break. This is the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. If you haven't already, go and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash EFC, Not Bitter, Just Better. Or you can find us on Twitter at Just Better EFC. 
Okay, so now we're going to be doing our little social media section. Uh, I only oh, I thought now is our island in the stream duet with these <laughs> microphones. <Yeah. laughs> it doesn't make any sense to anyone who, can, who can't see Islands us. in the stream. Don't. Okay. Perhaps you being Dolly Parton. Oh, sound, I'm all right being Kenny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Before we go into the social media questions, I just want to say that I've decided to relaunch our Instagram. I started it towards the start of the season, and then I was kind of balancing between that one and my own one and it was a pain in the ass to do but now i've put uh, instagram on my ipad so i can put all our uh, all our exclusive blue photoshop work which uh, we, we get quite a quite a good response from it don't we so you could be talking in absolute swag no, or something now. you're not a hipster kid are i've you? never used instagram in my life just it used to be all about uh, people posting pictures of the food um that sounds good yeah yeah so but now what did they do now they just Post pictures of food in Everton. Well, there's loads of uh, loads of Everton players on there who post like stuff like you know them messing around. Is on, this on where all them um, like that. slightly homoerotic pictures of Jedi Delafay? No, came that from? was that was just straight up Google. So <laughs> I think they were from his MySpace days. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So our Instagram, just search on Instagram, and you might be able to guess what they uh, what our name is on there. It's uh, not bitter, just better. I like it. Catchy. Yeah. So we've got a few things on there at the moment. You know, we, we still post pictures and that in Photoshop, but obviously all our pictures in one place. Loads of our funny pictures like Lukaku, Batter and Suarez will be on there soon. And uh, we Is the picture of Brendan Rodgers with a shark's face? <laughs> I, have, I haven't put the... Uh, Saying we won the passing. I haven't put the blobfish on there yet. That's no. my favourite. <laughs> That's your favourite picture ever. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think if you look through our timeline photographs on Facebook, that will appear about 47 times. I haven't been able to use it much this season because they kept winning. Nah. Anyway. Buggers. Um, so, uh, the social media section, I say, go, go and follow us on Instagram, not bitter, just better. Uh, but the question that went out on Facebook and Twitter this week was, what would you score our season out of 10 and also include a few words review? We will include the best on this week's show. So you've got a few of the Facebook answers there, haven't you? Do you think we'll get anything under seven on this? Uh, I haven't looked through completely, but I can't see it. I, I think it's been I quite think a I positive. I can see a six. Oh, no. Really? Yeah, second one in. Anyway, uh, the first one on Facebook came from uh, Sam Lyle. Is he a golfer? Oh, that's Sandy Lyle, that, isn't he? Don't know. There you go. Uh, he says, an eight. It would have been nine if we got Champs League and possibly a ten if we'd done better in the FA Cup. Surely to get a 10 out of 10, you need to be winning the treble. No, I think uh, if we'd have had a good run in the cup and got Champions League, as far as ex- expectations... If you give someone a 10, that means it cannot be improved on. Possibly, yeah. But real, as far as m- measuring against realistic expectations, you know... It so could, it's an it's a 8, anyway, from, uh, from Sandy Lyle. Okay. Sam Lyle, as he's actually known. Uh, Danny, at Danny Bazin, uh, 8 out of 10, surprisingly fast transition, much better than expected. Yes. Right, okay. Here's the negative one. Paul Connor, a 6. Uh, a good season, but could have been so much better if we turned up in the FA Cup against Arsenal and got fourth once we'd done all the hard work to put it in our own hands. I think six is a bit harsh. Yeah, that's like an average season, like a mid-table or like, you know, Man United kind of season, isn't it? Um, this is a little bit harsh. Uh, well, uh, it's his opinion, though, isn't it? Uh, Emmett Vaughan at Emmett Miley. Uh, eight out of ten. Uh, Martinez just seems to understand Everton. 
what he's done off the pitch has been exceptional as when as well as on it. And I, I, I completely agree. Just the buzz around Everton is just amazing at the moment. It is, yeah. Real good feel factor. Just before you go on there, do you, do you get critis- criticised for saying Martinez or Martinez? Either way. What do I say Martinez? I say Martinez as well. Um, but... Do we know what Martin- it is? Well, I don't know. I think people say Martinez and criticise us, call us Wolves, even though we're from Bootle. Call us Wolves for saying Martinez? Martinez, yeah. Oh, well. I would say Martinez is the more Scouse pronunciation. Martinez, Martinez. Anyway, Gwed. Um, Hold on, should we do a little a little, uh, a little uh, translation, what Gwed means? We haven't done one of them for a little while, have we? Goed. I think that's pretty self-explanatory, isn't it? People in America and Australia. Goed. 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 Just means go ahead, proceed, go on. No, but it also means if something it, if something's good, like you say go ahead. Like get in. Like if your mum came in when you were a kid on Christmas Day and gave you a PlayStation, you'd go, go ahead. Yeah. Like get in, like yeah. when you yeah, score, yeah. when a player scores, the kahoo, big head, their back post, go ahead, go ahead, and it doesn't, it's not spelled, go, ed, it's spelled, g apostrophe, wed, w e d, go ahead, yeah, okay, so a bit like the Australians spell good day, we say, uh, yeah, go ahead, like, yeah, there you go. Um, this isn't really in a, you know someone's point of view. This is just a fact. Austin Muscatelli says, we were an eight in a fan review in Sunday's Observer newspaper. He then doesn't go in to give any opinion of himself. So, listen, Austin, um, I appreciate you've got a cool sounding name. However, give us something to work with here, son. I think that's something to work with. It's uh, it's the um, the whole media's view summed up in that one little sentence there. Well, I, couldn't, I don't think the Observer counts as the whole media. Well, but it's just the only representative we've got. Um, Matt Pearson-Jones did give us an opinion now. Nine out of ten, he said. The highest points total since we won it in 87. Good point. And with four games to go, we could have still mathematically won the league if, you know, loads of teams ceased to exist, perhaps. Um, Stones, Barkley and Coleman have come on on loads. I think you could definitely include McCarthy in that list as well. Uh, Champs League next year and a cup run coming you blues. So I think he's looking at it more on, you know, from expectation wise at the start of the season. He thinks we've surpassed that and he's gave it a big old uh, nine out of ten. Big Duncan Ferguson nine. Yeah. Uh, Paul Cronin. Uh, since 1878. Do we really have to read this out? Co UK. No, it's, it's, uh, it's sensible from Paul. Room to build and kick on after a very smooth transition in the management and back room, which is never easy. Very surprised, and he's given it a seven. I like the way he's been relegated to just tweeting us now where he actually used to appear on the podcast. He's too busy for that. He's too busy to listen these days. Yeah, sure. Well, either that or he's just bored of us. But he is too much of us anyway, so yeah, <laughs> it's our voice all the time. Um, Paul ETID Benedict. So either his middle name's Etted or that means Everton until I die. Yeah. Um, he goes for a big whopping nine and a half. Um, it could have ended up a perfect 10, but for our tragic showing in the January transfer window. That pops up, pops up a few times, that. Um, you know, that the transfer window. Hmm. we got Traore. Superstar Traore, yeah. Here we go. <laughs> that could be a song, uh, At 
Uh, Jimmy EFC, 1878, who's regularly in touch. Uh, 8 out of 10, very promising season that leaves us all optimistic for the future. Still a lot mm. to do, but in Bobby we trust. Mm. Uh, our version of boring James Milner, uh, Stuart Tag, has actually gone... <laughs> That's a bit harsh. It's not, <laughs> not boring, he's just negative. <laughs> Miserable Stuart Tag <laughs> has gone six higher than I thought he would go by giving us a seven, a boring seven, um, which is six higher than the one I expected him to give us. Uh, he said it would have been an eight, you know, but he got it all wrong at Anfield and played into their hands, leaving the defence so exposed. Stuart, I actually agree with you. That was the lowest point of my life, sat in the front row of that stand. You were actually pictured, weren't you? We were actually pictured after one of the goals went in as well. It was just absolutely... I just wish it could be wiped, you know, like men in black style. Do you know how many times the picture of me going crazy after Gerard scores right in front of us has been posted on my Facebook page. I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't like to guess. Yeah, so, yeah, I, he's got a good point there. I think that left a sour taste in a lot of Blues minds, and the fact we thought we'd kind of uh, got out of that habit of uh, capitulating against the shite, and that game, it just, <laughs> it just, it all went wrong, let's just say. Uh, at Blue Domash, another uh, regular listener, regularly in touch, seven great memories, but eight or above needs a trophy, and that's you know it's quite realistic. What you said before, if you know if you want to cap it off, and you're going up to eight, nine, ten out of ten, then realistically, um, or actual actually ten out of ten review wise, then poss- he's possibly right there. Uh, a good mate of mine, Chris Pryor, uh, Chippy knows his football, so this should be. Hopefully an intelligent comment. Uh, He gives us an eight. I was expecting a step back with the new manager while he got used to the club, but he fitted in perfect. The spell after Christmas where we pissed about in corners instead of getting the ball into the box cost us a couple of games. But apart from that, a good solid eight. I think uh, the next one on Facebook here... He's been on the Roberto juice, hasn't he? Throwing superlatives in there when uh, they might not necessarily be warranted. Um, Anthony Rupert Robertson, are you lot mad? Well, we are, yeah. Yeah, we are. 10 out of 10, record-breaking, exciting new players, amazing manager, and we're so exciting to watch. So, well in, Roberto. I think that's Roberto's Facebook to you. Possibly, yeah. (laughs) The thing is, though, Anthony, at the end of the day, we haven't got any trophies. We didn't qualify for the Champions League. Liverpool finished higher than us. Um, so, yeah, it has been a very, very good start. Exceeded expectations, but it certainly wasn't a 10 out of 10. I don't know. I mean, apart from the score you give 10 out of 10, you know, the, the other the thing that he says there, exciting new players, amazing manager, and we're so, so exciting to watch. I think that's their good points. Uh, Sean Moran, 8 out of 10, a fantastic debut season for Bobby Brown shoes. He got the team playing attractive, easy on the eye football. This is the start of something good. Roberto does everything he can to make us as good as we can be. Long may it continue. Kudos to the youth coming through too. Stones, Barkley and Lukaku have been immense and they are under 21. Again, he's Miss McCarthy from that list. That, you know, yeah, unsung hero. Um, Paul Jimenez, uh, nine with the money we spent and others around us. Fifth is huge. To finish above, um, above United and Spurs is a massive achievement. If we finished fourth, it would have been a ten. Uh, Dan Emson, uh, someone who's been with the podcast for uh, a long time, often contributes to our uh, our media section. Again, another eight. I can't help but feel that our season can be defined by the two transfer windows. 
Summers was magnificent. January cost us a Champions League spot, in my opinion. Wonderful season. And the feeling of optimism and pride Roberto was given to us can't be overstated. Yeah, good point. Uh, Ray Langford, considering the financial investment or relative lack of 9 out of 10, key and long-term injuries are the difference between 5th and 3rd and 4th. Proud to be a blue. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Arsene Wenger. We, we had a little, uh, little whine at Arsene Wenger, who was having a little bit of a whine about Everton not having as many injuries as them. They had what? They had Ramsey out, and the season went to, you know, went to bits. We've had a lot of players out this season, and you know, you, you put together what nine out of eleven possible first teamers, didn't you? Who, 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 at who one point, yeah, yeah, who, who've been out this season, um, so. With those players in, we really could have pushed on, pushed, pushed, pushed teams a little bit further. With everyone fit, we have got a decent squad. Yeah, definitely, and we're only going to expand on it, I hope. People go on about the loans, the loans going back, but we've, we've, we've still got a few players to come back in, and we'll definitely sign um, reinforce the squad over the summer. Uh, Stephen Roberts says, a 9 out of 10 for me. Uh, the only, only blips being the obvious uh, poor results. Uh, who'd have thought we'd have had a season like we've had? We've had the signing of the season, be it on loan, and Gareth Barry, who personally was my player of the season. Hope to God we signed him on a permanent. And bringing Big Dunk through to the first-team coaching staff was a masterstroke by the Spaniard. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that, again, that's another good example of good work behind the scenes. And, you know, Robbie's showing a bit of genius, I think, bringing Big Dunk back. Again, contributing to the, you know, the atmosphere around the club, the feel-good factor getting good team spirit going. Uh, all these are definite plus points. Just loads and loads of master strokes, really. Um, just uh, the talk about Joe Royal coming in as well. Just uh, they seem to happen at the right time, don't they? Um, these all this talk. So, yeah, nice. Uh, Michael O'Sullivan, seven. Surprising to be honest. Thought top ten at best. Wasn't sold on Roberto, but by the end, sweet Jesus. Followed by a lot of exclamation marks. Uh, I, that 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 seems like it's an approving sweet Jesus. Yeah, uh, And the last one, Lee McDonnell, he gives us a seven. He says, a great season, but failed to win when it matters. We need to build on this great season and win something next year and break into the top four. That's where the real money is. People who say this was a great success, remember, this is Everton. Nothing but the best is good enough. And the current board would do well to remember this. Hmm. Interesting point. Yeah, uh, I think I, I, I agree with... I agree with some of what he says. He, well, quite a lot of what he says. This uh, failing to win where it matters, you know, that Arsenal game, the Liverpool game, the Palace game, it's something that we've done for a number of seasons. I think we've got more out of the habit now because um, Roberto wants to go and attack teams rather than uh, get out with a 1-0 defeat, which we, which we talked about before, which Dither and Dave seem to, you know, seems to be on reflection the way he, mani- the way he managed. Um but we still struggled to get it where, we, where it mattered, didn't we? We did, unfortunately. So what's, what do you give our season? What's uh, your answer to this question? I, I don't know. I mean, did we give predictions to where we'd finish? I can't even remember that far back to the start of we the might season. Need, well, listen, next week's going to be our awards show, isn't it? We're going to do like a little recap of the season as well. So um, I think we possibly need to go back and listen to our season preview show first to see what we said. Uh, but, I mean, I think there's two ways of rating. You can give us a, a score out of 10 based on 
what your expectation was, and you can give a score out of ten of the overall as a season. You know, we're looking from sort of a, a neutral point of view. I would say, from a neutral point of view, I think it's a good eight. And I, I think expectation-wise, though, I think we've exceeded that. We've exceeded where I thought we would finish. We've exceeded the quality but of by football. far, though. Let's face it, under Moyes, we would have finished 5th, 6th or 7th. I don't know, you know, because I think if we were still under Moyes, United probably wouldn't have... Would you have expected to finish ahead of Man United this year, seeing as they won the league last season, for instance? No. Would you have expected to... You saw how much money Tottenham spent in the summer and all the players they brought in. Would you expect it to finish above Tottenham? Well, that's why I said 5th, 6th or 7th. So, I think we we have come on a lot. We got our highest ever points total, you know... I was one of the people who was very unsure about Bobby when he got brought in, and I've never been so happy to be wrong in my life. I, I I would say seven and a half, because I think seven's too close to rating us mediocre, and we're definitely nowhere near mediocre. Eight, nine, or ten, I think would, you'd have to be talking trophies or top four. Um, I think my expectation was that we would finish around where we finished, maybe not with the type of football that we played when we were on song, um, there were some blips, like like you said about the derby, like I, like I've just said before about the Palace game, and um, so I think there are those those do account for something. So seven and a half out of ten is my rating. Fair enough. Okay, so that's what you'd give a, a B if you were doing a G, the old GCSE a GCSE way. Yeah, a B seems about the the right for me. Maybe a. B minus perhaps because of just some of the games that we threw away, but uh, definitely, you know, exceeded what I expected this season, and I suppose that's all you can ask. But again, like a lot of people said on on the comments there, I'm going to echo them. I do really get the impression it's the start of something special. Yeah, I I do. I've, I've said this for a number of weeks now. Um, I think it, Roberto coming in has changed the mentality of the club. We there's a, there's a positive buzz all the time. Um, he he always says the right things in interviews. When we even when we've got beat, he has a way of saying something just just magical, which just makes you forget about that result. You know, obviously the Liverpool one hurts a lot. Um, that was a big off day for us, um, and they just seem to score with every opportunity, apart from you know the penalty that they missed. Uh, I think the the only sort of semi, you know consolation from that was at that time they were doing that to everybody it wasn't just Evan yeah so you know we got caught out with the same sucker punch there a lot of teams did at Anfield at the time so it's I'm not making excuses it wasn't a great performance by us we looked terrible at the back one of those though if, if um because the scoreline was so comprehensive it makes you possibly question would you have had Davy Moyes back for a day and gone there and took a 1-0 rather than the 4-0 uh, no yeah <laughs> Um, but yeah, the future's definitely definitely bright. You know, as we said before, record points total. Um, we we actually feel excited about going into next season, and you know, keep we feel excited about keeping hold of our players because we know that they must be excited about being part of something great. And uh, we we all feel, even if we're not, we feel like we are, and that's something special. And you know, season ticket sales. Are up by this time last season. I think we're already on twenty five thousand sales. It's going to be difficult to get a ticket next season. Or the, you know, there's that many season tickets been flogged already, and obviously they're still on sale. Um, you know, 
It is going to be difficult. To, I don't think there'll be many empty seats in any game. Could well, I think with with the performances this season, um, you might see our television appearances uh, pop up a little bit, and you know we might be on as much as uh, other clubs, might we? So don't be daft. No, <laughs> I, I think I think our our, our stock rising uh, around the world as well. You know, the, the players we brought in, this relationship with Barcelona that uh, people talk about. Uh, that little thing about going on holiday and people saying about Lukaku, the players like you know saying Lukaku and recognizing the Everton brands, talking about Ross Barkley, having so many players at the World Cup. The summer could be a bright thing, bright um, a bright period for Everton as well. Well, it's gonna when you look at it, it's gonna be a summer of quite major change, really. You know, you've got little things around the club. A new badge coming in again, we, you know, and it's one both voted for by the fans, which people seem, you know, unanimous, unanimously uh, happy about. New kit suppliers in Umbro taking us back to, to a bit of Everton old school. I'm I'm a little bit disappointed about that because the Nike Nike is more of a worldwide brand, isn't it? Like a global brand, like one of the big global brands. And Umbro is what just associated. It'll with. be interesting to see what Umbro come up with, but and then you know, a summer of change possibly in the playing staff as well. Um, Lots to look forward to before that, through the summer, obviously the World Cup and everything. Um, should we talk a little bit about what we're going to do with the podcast as we're moving forward? Yeah, what are we going to do, Mark? I don't know. I thought you had an idea. <laughs> uh, obviously, as we say, next week uh, we're going to be doing an award show and we want to try and get people involved over the week on the Facebook page. We're going to figure out some way of yeah, putting some sort of voting system up. We won't just do our... We, we'll do like player of the season, goal of the season, all that kind of stuff. We'll have some funny ones We'll have in some daft well. ones in there and we'll have like a, a wave of the season, which I'm sure uh, Delafeo yeah, might All get. four nominees are Jedi Delafeo, apparently. Yeah. So we'll do, do some silly ones like that, but we want your input on it and we, we'll, we'll either... We'll work out whether we're going to do a vote system or just have your kind of feedback and stuff and or a mixture of the two yeah and then moving on from there we've obviously discussed you know should we have a break through the summer because you know we haven't got anything to talk about or shall we just do shortened podcasts or what what should we do so but i mean we intend on bringing as lengthy podcasts as we can really trying to do fill in the time that we always fill because you know People might use this as a bit of a routine thing now. You might pass it like yeah, a just because the season's over, people don't stop being Ever- Evertonians. Everton doesn't stop, does it? And obviously, we've got the World Cup. We've got our Evertonians at the World Cup, um, and we'll we'll try and fill it with good Everton content. We're going to try and work on maybe getting some interviews over the summer. Yeah, we've we've got a few names names in a hat to try and uh, harass, and maybe uh, the the extent of the interview might be. Can we have a word with you? And they'll say piss off. But you know, we'll include that. Could be interesting. That'd actually be a good interview for us. It's normally worse than that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so yeah, uh, we're not planning on going anywhere, uh, and then hopefully counting down to the new season, and then getting back to sort of a similar routine to what we've got going on at the moment. It could be this. This could be an interesting period for our uh, international listeners because this is when all the transfer kind of gossip starts, isn't it? And we'll have all the buzz about that with the local news and Sky Sports news constantly being on about, you know, linking with players. But for our international listeners, they won't really have that. So we might be kind of talking about that kind of buzz, which they they won't experience. So hopefully we can do that. Talk about um, players we're being linked with, players we'd like to sign realistically or unrealistically. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll bring you coverage of any Everton events that are going on locally. I mean, there was a couple of dinners last week. I went to one on a Thursday. 
um, with David Unsworth and Barry Owen, uh, which was quite an interesting night, really. Um, Unsworth's actually a very good speaker and, and comes across very well. His love for Everton comes across very well. Um, Barry Owen's a bit of a miserable get, but uh, he saved us, so what can you say? Um, and then we were involved in a dinner with uh, our friend Paul Cronin, who we mentioned before. Uh, on the Friday night, we had an, uh, an Everton number nine's night with uh, Bob Latchford, Joe Royal and Graeme Sharp. Uh, and Graeme Sharp brought along the FA Cup, which was nice. Yeah, so a few pictures going round of Sharpie in the cup. Um, uh, so anything that comes out from those sort of nights, we'll obviously bring and, and let listeners know because they're always interesting. Sometimes you get nice little stories from there, you know. The likes of Sheeds, when he turns up to these things, tends not to be able to uh, keep his mouth shut sometimes. So We're hoping, uh, hoping to get a word with Tony Bellew next week, aren't we? Um, yeah, but, top blue. But um, whether we do or not, uh, is another matter, but we're hoping, so keep your eyes out for that. And then we're having a little bit of a road trip in the summer and going and visiting a few uh, Everton legends, one extra special Everton legend who's one of our greatest players of all time. Um, and again, we're hoping to bring uh, maybe an exclusive interview from that as well over one of the podcasts, so stick with us. It's probably not going to be the most exciting time of the year because in the off-season, but uh, we'll have a laugh. Yeah, we will. We'll if, you know, if, it doesn't work, if it doesn't work out... Um, if it doesn't work out with the interviews and stuff like that, then we'll invite other people's views and we'll just we'll we'll call it on the fly. But it'll be or now we've got this set up. We'll just do karaoke songs. <laughs> yeah, we will. Um, but yeah, keep an eye. We'll we'll still be posting on our Facebook page. We're uh, we're up to about ten ten. We're over ten thousand at the moment, aren't we? Uh, we've got still got building on Twitter. As I say, we've got Instagram on the go. I'm going to be putting a website together over the summer. Um, so. Uh, updating our YouTube, going to be on all fronts, um, you know, uh, challenging, challenging on all fronts like Everton should be next season. I'm just thinking over the summer we'll probably go down to six listeners from eight, what do you reckon? But, uh, well, I six mean... Is, six is quite hopeful. Yeah, six is hopeful. <laughs> no, uh, thanks, for, thanks for listening on iTunes as always, Podbean, Stitcher, I, I, do you know what? I, I neglect Stitcher. I, ne- I never even um, check Stitcher out, but I know a lot of Americans use Stitcher rather than using Podbean or uh, or SoundCloud. So um, sorry if we, ne- we neglect you, Stitcher listeners. Way to go, Stitcher. Yeah, um, and I'll, I'll be looking at other avenues to put us out there next season. So um, Yeah, so that's that. We'll that's the 2013-14 season, a wrap. Or is it, I mean, is it? Or are we still in post-season? Does the season end with the FA Cup final? Possibly, but we're not involved, so... Or the Champions League final? I think it's the champ... That's, it's like a season in an, Amer- an American uh, TV series. Their season ends... I don't even know what I was going to say. I've got no idea. <laughs> Never mind. Just think, though, next season, we'll probably be able to have one podcast more because we'll obviously be in the FA Cup final. And then the season and the Europa League final as well. And then the season after that, we'll have two extra weeks because we'll be in the Champions League final. Yeah, onwards and upwards. Anyway, cheers for listening, Blues. Uh, don't forget to tune in next week. Keep an eye out on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and get your vote in on our awards. And we'll uh, give you a shout out next week. Islands in the stream. That, that is said, what never we again. Are. Never again. Sail away with me. One, two.
That sounds loud, or it looks loud. Well, as long as it's not in the orange, it should be fine, really. In the orange? I just went orange then, lad. On where? When I went in the orange. Okay, one, one, two, 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 two. One, two, one, two. I think I need to be a bit louder than you, don't I? Depending on how. Oh, yeah. Speaking. That old chestnut. One, two, one, two. The rhythm is the bass and the hello, bass. Hello, the hello, hello. 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 Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. 